Hey guys, <laughs> welcome to episode 12 of CMD Towers, Crews, and Builds. I'm Mr. Combo number five, and my fellow host literally just spilled beer all over himself and also once prankled Rankle on Punked Boo. Big Tuck. Hey, how's it going? How, uh, we, how we doing besides you dying again? <laughs> I'm dying, you're wet, not yeah. in a fun way. Yeah, good lord. <laughs> this is a waste, too. It's really good. You, you might actually like this one, believe it or not. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for tuning into the podcast, and this was only able to happen by our fantastic producer, Squee McGee, and his production company, Rich Chaos Records, here in KC. What up, Squee? Loving the day, boys. Let's big, do this thing. Big Squee, how are you? Big Squee. Big squee. Big squee. You know, I traced back where the Big Squee came from, and it was actually me that started it. Uh, you're, trying to it cram- you're trying to cut corners. You're trying to get into the big game. It's not going to happen. There's only one big you guy. You can't origami yeah. this big yeah. guy. Feel For it. those playing the home game, Big Squee weighs roughly a buck sixty. But it's a good sixty. But it's a good sixty. It's a good one sixty. Yeah. Oh, good like one sixty. You were just like good sixty, and I was like, what? Is it a bad 100? Yeah. <laughs> so also, we want to give a big shout out to the music always provided in all of our episodes by Pink Royal. And hey, guys, make sure you stay tuned until the end to get details on how you can win the November giveaway as this is debuting the first Friday in November. Yeah. And I don't want to spoil anything yet, so you'll find out what it is at the end. Let that anticipation build. build. I must and build. Hey, talking about build. This is Bruce and Bill. Oh, oh, segway. oh, look at that segue. This is our deck tech series, and it's all about the decks that Big Tech and I have in our path to 32. Each podcast, we will talk about one of our path to 32 decks, but hey, in a cool manner of brewing beers. So we kind of broke it down into four categories. The first one is ramp and setting your board state is the grain build. So grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both base and specialty malts, usually in a 60 to 40 or 80 to 20 ratio. This helps with the color, taste, and most importantly, the alcohol content of a beer. Decks always need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're generally a mix of staples and specialty cards. Cool. So the next one is going to be, how does your board interact with the losers to the left, right, and in front? That's the hot profile. And in the mirror. Uh, Hot (laughs) of the beer, it's patented bitterness and herbal floral flavors. Uh, Today has none of that, Mr. Combo, so I think you might like it. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. Well, I do prefer to play solitaire when I play Magic, so I probably will enjoy a less hoppy deck. (laughs) So the third one is actually going to be, how does your deck win a game? That's yeast. Yes, and yeasts are actual living microorganisms that eat the sugar from the grain and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without the yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. And without yeast cards, your deck wouldn't meet the goal of winning the actual game. And fourth, but not last ingredient, it's shenanigans, pet car synergies that you just kind of have in the deck because they're fun. This is called the Spice Package. Yes, and uh, not every beer has them. This one has two. Uh, But spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of hops that turn an IPA into a double or Imperial IPA, the same thing. Uh, Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we're going to talk about it. And then, guys, to kind of close out the uh, episode, we're going to have a bottle capping, which is Big Tux and I's recommendations to the deck that are under $5, under $50, and a personal recommendation. So, without further ado, let's get brewing. Big Tuck, what do you got for us? All right, so today we're talking about one of my personal favorite decks, and I realized, I think I figured out why, which we'll get to. So Mm. today on the the Path to 32, 
We are talking about Dune Brood colors, which is all colors except for blue. And today we're talking about one of my favorite decks of all time, Saskia. Scream so they can hear you. Ah! <laughs> yeah, all right. So anyways, uh, this is, she's pretty great, I think. I think that she gives, it's a very aggressive deck, but I think it kind of gives you ways to work around pillow forts and other sort of interactions there. So for those who don't know, Saskia the Unyielding is Dune Brood. So, hey, Big Tuck, actually, I got a question for you before we dive into Saskia. Why is it called Dune Brood, Do Bros, what? Okay, so for a long time until this was printed like her Atraxa, Bray, and yep. all them. There were no four color Correct. commanders, right? So there's unofficial commanders that were called the Nephilims. Yep. So each one of those Nephilims has one of these names. So there's oh. Dune. So, like, for example, this one's Dune Brood Nephilim that are in these colors. So for a long time, they were considered in like casual play groups of like, sure. I want to play these four colors, but there's no way to do it. So do you mind if I do this this card? Okay. And they're generally not awesome. They're all sort of okay. Sure. But that's like where they pulled them from, just because it's 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 a more fun way to say no blue. Oh. Which okay. is what Dune Brood is, right? So Dune Brood uh is no blue, Glint Eye is no white, Ink Treader is no black. Witch Maw is no red, and then your tiller is no green. Okay, so fair that's enough. A, if you and if you go to a great site, EDH Rec, you can see that when you look at the four color commanders, they're like organized by this way too. So, oh, okay. So Saskia, the Unyielding, she is like I said, the Dune Brood colors, which is black, red, green, and white. She's a three-four human soldier who has vigilance and haste, and she has this insane ability on the bottom half, which is as she enters the battlefield, choose a player. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to the chosen player. Oh, now, that's dirty. It's real dirty, but the one thing to notice is that it's not combat damage, so it doesn't count as her commander damage. Yep. It's just normal damage, but again... One that would o- be rude. Yes, that would be extremely rude. What else is really rude in this deck? Poison. In fact, yeah, exactly. So I was explaining to Squee earlier how this deck is kind of weird because it's uh, it's very attack-focused. It lives and dies in the combat step. It also has like a weird... It's not Voltron, but it's also not go-wide. It's, it's okay. kind of like mid-sized creatures with evasion usually who can get in damage and have a lot of ability. I feel like you're trying to slam a lot of keywords in here. There's a lot of keywords in here, <laughs> a lot of evergreen things, but a um, little bit about this deck. So this was actually a pre-con back when they were really good, <laughs> like Atraxa and Brea. Oh, those were yeah, so good. Yeah, like back before they figured this out. So I think this is something that's been pretty decent out of the box. There's a few cards to cut here and there. Sure. Um, the land base and four colors is always pretty tough. The land base in this actually has my only dual land. And that actually is something that I want to make a point of. This is the most impressive land base I have ever <laughs> seen. Now, granted, I haven't seen every single one of your deck lists, but I've ever seen in your decks, you have legit fetches, a yep. duel, but plus <laughs> other versions of yeah, duels. Yeah, shock lands. Shocks and checks, things like yeah. that. If you replace the tri lands with some, you know, different replacements, right. this thing would be near perfect, which is very tough to pull off in a four-colored pairing, so. Thank you very much. I'll also, thank you. thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy. Um, I also have you know that the only basics in here are all the ones that we got at Casey Magic Fest too. Yeah, so that's kind of that's kind of cool. So those are shiny as well. So basically, you're saying your entire budget for this deck is in I, the lands. Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> for the most part. So you make me proud. I I thought I would. Um. So and I think the while we're on the price point, this is at, whoa over five hundred dollars. Yeah. But again, mm-hmm. one hundred twenty eight is one card, which is a plateau. So again, for that, what you will. Um. I think Saskia. 
is out of the box. It had a little bit more of a Voltron feel to it. Sure. There's a lot more equipments and sort of things. And I didn't really like that because her ability doesn't matter when it's just commander. So that yeah. was kind of like whatever. Um, because it has access to black, it fixes a lot of things that you find in the other cards where it's like that gives you a good card draw, sure. piles of removal options in white. I think the one thing that is not my favorite part about this deck, it doesn't have a super unique feel to it. Like there's cards that I've kept in there over the years, which I like a lot and it, and it flows really well. Sure. But I've seen versions of this, which are like Infect or Samurais yeah. or Human or soldiers right and kind of themed it out that way um i've thought about it but i mean it's it's really it's really fun to play um sure. it's one of those decks where it's like ah, i don't know what to do like i don't really want to think that much all right yeah. i'll grab this i know the mana base is great yeah so and because it's so the mana base is so consistent the deck also happens to be consistent so one i think you make a great point usually i do like to be more focused on my decks but i think if you read her unless you're going in fact it's just a beat face right that, that's yeah. pretty much all it's gonna be and so by you not narrowing down to like, okay, I guess I'm going to go tall or go yeah. wide or oh, I'm going to deadly focus in on infect or oh, I'm going to do command damage. This deck actually becomes very flexible yes, as yeah, new totally. cards come out and you're like, well, that's just a very good beat face card. Right. Uh, I don't. I, can I, would, I would love to put it somewhere, and, but I don't know where. Oh, I'll just slam it into Saskia. Yeah. So what's funny is this actually. There's a bunch of Hydras in here for a while. Jesus Christ! Well, listen, but it's because I got that extra. I got that like thing from TCG player because they oh, lost my yeah. first one, and then I got the second one. So I was like, all right, and I was like shoved them all in. And I was like, this doesn't work. So I took them all out. <laughs> so yeah, it is kind of builder block. So okay, for beer, um, this one there, it's kind of hard because this actually has a fair amount of spice. I thought it was kind of interesting. I didn't expect that. The hops is fairly low. The yeast and grain are all kind of balanced out. So I knew I wanted to drink kind of a stout or a darker beer. Okay. However, a lot of the coffee vanilla ones are like mm. 9%. And mm. I was like, I don't want to do that because I'm not feeling the other. So um, I took a trip just over our northern border to <laughs> Omaha, right? Uh, AKA the. He's looking at me as if I'm Gulliver Travels. Oh, nice. So anyways, uh, Omaha's Brickway Brewery. This is their session series. This is a coffee vanilla stout. So it's got a very, it's done with local coffee from Omaha, which I think is pretty good. It's pretty light on the vanilla, I would say, pretty heavy on the coffee. But the thing I was most excited to see about it is that in each 12 can, it's only got 5.2. So it's it's fairly low. So Mr. Combo, I think you might actually like this one. My God, it's almost all gone. Well, I, uh, (laughs) yeah. I mean... I mean, you didn't scream or grimace like most of the time. So I'm getting, I'm at least least honing in on what you like. I I wouldn't just grab one off the shelf and drink it. It, But you know what? That tastes very much like a lot of beers that recently I have been trying to get more into beers. But what I find out happens is I open one, I drink it, and I'm like, "Mm, not for me. And then I give them all away. So that seems like one that I would pick up and then (laughs) give them back away. All right, there you go. Yep. So um, kind of rounding up the history and everything on this, um, 371 curve, it's fairly high. But again, as I talked about, like a lot of the bigger threats on this are kind of big boys. Yeah. You know, if you look at the distribution, there's a lot of five, a lot of six and eight, that sort of thing. So that's okay. And then the color distribution, it's a little heavy on the green, which I'm okay with because all the ramp I have in here is mostly green ramp. So I'd rather make sure that I know I can hit that and go get my other stuff. So what do you, what, what do you think about all So that? I did notice from a mana land distribution piece, you seem to have way more access to black and red than you actually need. need? Yeah. Which I found very interesting. I assume that's just because you did the even distribution like everyone else does. But that could be an area to where you could skew and do a little bit less red, a little bit less access to black. Since you do have fetches in here, right. you can go yeah, grab yeah. them when you need them. Or... 
It could be that I had those red and other colors. I had all the red and green, red and black ones lying around. There we go. So I just hadn't thought about it. On that color distribution thing, unless it was like drastically off, I actually never looked at it until like really? we started doing this. It's like, oh, That's I don't funny. know. It'll happen because I never noticed. I will say one thing. I think this deck, it doesn't need its commander to function, but she helps a lot. So I think it's really important. It's There have been times where I'm like one mana off. I have six mana. Yeah. But don't have the one because I was stupid. Yeah. I, like, played the wrong land first and, like, sequence it wrong. So for those out there who are playing these four-color generals, it is, like, really think about your mana. When, yeah. you're, when you're trying to sequence out, really try to get to the spot where you know that you're going to be able to get them consistently and as early as possible. And I would say that that caveat only does apply to the all four-color generals, not if you're doing partners. Correct, yes. Partners, right. you can make mistakes, and it's like, oh, all right, I guess I'll, I'll just, just cast Vile Smasher yeah. just because I maybe forgot the blue yep, when totally. I needed the yeah, blue. Yeah, I think they're a little more forgiving. But so. again, it's weird, like, it's it's a weird build-around because even adding that one color makes it so much, like, you have to think about it so much more yeah. just to get them in. But um, that's kind of it for me. Cool. What, did you, what did you think about it? You it's don't hate pretty, it. <laughs> I don't hate it. Uh, it's it's a very straightforward deck. It's not my kind of deck, which yes. is why I haven't built the everything but blue yet. Right. Because the only way I can go is partners, and I, I already turned... Uh, the everything but white into my CEDH partner, Vile Smasher Thrasios, which we talked about on our third episode of Bruise and Build. Oh, no, you, uh, we talked version. about mine. You're yeah. just making some degenerate version of it. Oh, it's very degenerate. <laughs> but yeah, that's why I haven't built this one yet. Right. It's either I go partners or I go this. None of that's my flavor. Right. And I figured if I get all the way and I'm at 30 decks uh, and I just need to do the two, four colors that I don't have yet, then... I'll be forced into it, but that's probably years down the road. There is road. one thing. So you, the one of the commanders on this is a big butts. She oh. cares. She cares about uh, toughness. Okay. So her and then Bruce Tarl giving double strike and stuff. Hmm. It could be something a little cute. Eh. I like big butts. I don't lie. Eee, Look at that. Record scratch. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to the green bill. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to start this off. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, my first one is oh, Reforge God. the Soul, the poor man's Wheel of Fortune. Love it. Yeah. Great card. It's really, and it's even kind of expensive now again, isn't it? Isn't Five it bucks? bucks? Yeah, damn. So if you guys are not familiar with Reforge of Soul, which it actually wouldn't surprise me if you weren't uh, familiar with it, it costs three colorless red, red sorcery. Yep. Each player discards his or her hand and then draws seven cards. It's literally Wheel of Fortune. Right. Which, but it's at $5 instead of $97. But it does have a miracle cost, which that's really yeah. when you want to try to get it. Miracle for one colorless red. You may cast this card for its miracle cost when you draw it, if it's the first card you draw this turn. One of the great things about having access to these four colors, same type of thing when I talked about it on MTG Action 4 News around my favorite color being Wooberg, is you kind of have access to everything to right. where the colors can kind of supplement the weaknesses of mm -hmm. the other colors. And with you not having blue, blue is obviously like the big card draw right. engine. Black's going to help you a little bit. Red has like this that can help you a little bit. You know, green has a little bit of help. And, and I think this is one of the best ones for red that, you know, at least the cards go to your hand and not the absurd. Right. Oh, exile top card of your library. You can play it till end of turn. And then you're kind of pigeonholed into that. Totally. You can sort of use these sort of group wheels as an attack card. If you know someone's just hmm. drawn a million and oh, you're just sure. sitting on this. So one thing that I do see in this deck a fair amount is like you pretty much want to play everything in your hand and start going to town, right? Yeah. And like, and if you get a board wipe, you recover from that, right? So there's a lot of times where you're just sitting there and top decking, sure. or you have one or two in their lands, right? Mm -hmm. I literally can't do anything else. 
I can play this, maybe get out another creature this turn. Also, maybe put other people behind. I agree. And like, again, if you can afford the, what is it? Five bucks. Or, well, yeah, I was going to say what whatever Wheel of Fortune is. It's probably better than this in any of these decks. Oh, yeah. But again, I also just realized this would be really good in my Madness deck. So put that up. All right. Well, what's your uh, hmm. first grain? So my first grain is, I think, some uh, a card I don't see played a lot. It's out of Eldritch Moon. We're talking Talia's Lancers. Okay. So three colorless, uh, white, white for a 4-4 four, four human knight creature with first strike. So we're on curve there. Yep. Again, evergreen abilities are important in this deck, which we'll get to later. Spoiler. Um, then when it enters the battlefield, you may search a library for a legendary card. Great. Reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle your library. So I actually love this card. It's pretty I, sweet. Right? I got a couple of them when I opened up my booster box. It, it's not expensive. It's 50 cents. Yeah. And it's so versatile. Especially now recently with the um, Planeswalkers becoming legendary. Yep. You can go fetch them right away, too. So yep. I don't have a lot of them in here. But it's still like this thing does in a pinch, right? So mm -hmm. this go gets, and this is something that I've kind of toyed around is making this a little more legendary matters. Oh, okay. Right? Because like this go gets Aurelia yep. to go smash face there. It goes get a bunch of different things. It doesn't do it in this deck, but in other decks, it goes gets like Nykthos. Is Gaia's Cradle in them legendary? Yep. Are they? Okay, so hypothetically, Gaia's would be awesome in here. Yep. Because of enough creatures. I just think this is really versatile. And again, like a 4 4 with first strike is good enough sure. for five, right? Like yeah. it, if it was like a 1 1. You'd be a very like, different story, right? And you're like for five, but now you have effectively a blocker and an attacker and a pinch, right? Yeah. And once again, this is kind of it's one of the nice things that white has is this kind of tutor on a body. Mm. And if you kind yeah. of correlate it with other cards, green lands like worldly tutor, sure. which is what one green, yeah, or just one green. And that goes to. Top, to the library. top of library. So right. if you think about things that go to your hand, though, that's basically in black. So you got Demonic Tutor, which is right. two mana. So if you wanted to kind of take away the two mana, like, okay, well, this is a basically a Demonic Tutor. Right. Um, it, it goes to my hand. So if we take two mana out of that five CMC, basically you're paying three mana for a first strike 4-4. Four, four. That is great. Which curve. is also, yeah, which is insane on curve. Yeah. And again, like, that's not, that's not as important. And commander have having that sort of curve, but again, like just the fact that it's that versatile. Yeah, it can, this is a great blocker. You know, like this is going to stop people with two twos and three threes coming into you for cheap and that sort of thing, and having to think about it, which yep. I think is important. So I just think this card does a lot in this deck, and in it should be in a I lot. Think of it decks. goes in a lot, but I, I I could see why maybe some EDH players may stay away from it because maybe they don't have as many legends right in, in yep. the deck because usually legends are a little bit more pricey. Right, so it's like, well, I could have a Avis an angel of hope as a legend right but maybe a more budget thing as i go with this non-legendary angel right that's just yeah, a totally. beat face i or whatnot so. i have this in my mono white deck for similar reasons and so like again i think it's like what if you have in my opinion if you have six or more legendary creatures this is almost sure. worth it right so yeah i just it's it's a card we haven't talked about yet and it's something that i really like so what, sure. what do you have up next so my next one is also a tutor card Whoa. uh this is fierce empath oh yeah two colorless <laughs> and green so dumb. creature elf one one uh when fierce empath enters the battlefield you may search your library for a creature card if converting mana cost six or greater reveal <laughs> it put it into your hand and uh, shuffle your library. What's this get? Like half the deck of creatures? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually like about to go sort by your CMC. Oh, actually, it's not that much. I know. I'm kind of surprised, too. Wow. Like eight cards. Ooh. I still think that's worth it, though, considering <laughs> considering how good those eight cards are. Eight, any of those eight fair. cards are right. That's fair. If I could pay, th if I had a card that said, hey, pay three mana and go get one of those cards, that's literally what it was printed sure. on. Sure. Go get Thunderfoot. 
uh, Bailoff. Yeah, then I'd be like, all right, I'm on board, right? Shh, we're giving away secrets about what's in the oh, later builds. Ooh. But no, Fierce Empath, I, I actually I really enjoy the card, <laughs> even though it's not that great in this deck. Uh, only having eight. I do like to have at least 15 options to go get. Just because yeah. if you start doing the mathematical probability by the time, A, the likelihood, like, sure, if you get him on turn three or two, you're right. going to go get anything you want. But then you got to start doing the math probability to where, well, how good is this tutor if I get him out turn eight or nine? nine and I've yeah. already drawn 15, 16, 17 cards. Maybe I've already already drawn a half and of I think, those guys. One thing I will say about that is like this game is definitely an early to mid range game. Okay, right. So like this game, this deck works best similar to my Zavala, where it's like getting creatures out and attacking early okay. and like ramping into your threats there. So if you're getting into like turn eight, nine, and ten, ramping into it. If you're getting into turns eight, nine, or ten, you're kind of like, all right, okay, this is starting to slow down for me. So, so I'm kind of noticing a little bit of trend with that because we had another one of your decks to where I think it was your Prosh deck to where it's like, hey, if we're starting to get turns eight, nine, ten, and you haven't won yet, it's like mm, it gets time. a little tough. Yeah. So, so do you notice that kind of as a as a build across your deck? I think I think every deck has there's like mostly three stages, right? Like early wins, mid range, and then long term, sure. right? Or however you want to call that in the thing. I think I have a fair amount of mix. The decks that I like the most are more combat-based. Okay. Whereas the decks that you like the most are more mid and longer. Sure. For the most part, or combo, right? Which is like can happen whenever. Um, but like I think there's I have I have ones that like play more of a long game okay. to it. It's just that I think, especially like for the example with Prosh, once people start figuring out what's happening and start drawing their answers to what you're doing, that's when it gets trickier. Okay. This game, this one is just the longer for most combat decks, you don't want to be stalled out later in the game. So just one question for you before we move on to your second green one is do you think that decks need to have whatever their main strategy is, but then have a long-term backup? Yeah. Or do you think you don't need a long-term backup? And hey, if you go all in on, yeah. like, like you said, this is an early to mid. Um, I think it's kind of tough, right? I think if your deck's more combat-themed, you don't really have much of a choice because you okay. want to strike early and often and start working on those life totals and then get into something big. Oh, so I think that's where Saskia can kind of shine because even if someone is building up their pillow fort, you can still get to them yeah. behind all that, right? So That's fair. as long as you can keep casting her, you usually can still get your value out of it. So I, I don't know. It's it's really hard to say because I like conversely, if you think about a commander like Nekuzar, you want that game to go on as long as you possibly can, sure. right? Like everyone's strong cards. Are you attacking? No. Are you attacking? No. Great, right? And there's no real way to like win unless you're gonna be super degenerate. Okay. There's no real way for that deck to win early. <clears throat> it's like mid range and late. So okay. yeah, I don't know. It's it's an, it'd be an interesting thought experiment of like I'm gonna build an aggressive combat deck. That doesn't win before turn six. Like, you know, like that'd be kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, hey, what's your second yeah. grain? So uh, my second grain is one of my pet cards. I have a lot of these. It's Blood Gift Demon. Oh, yeah, so, I really like this Okay, card. so three colorless, black, black. It's a 5-4 flying. Uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, target player draws a card and loses a life. Now, again, it's target player. That's real nice. Which many times will just be you. you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, which will happen a lot. But if you're like, if you're in the late game and you're kind of behind the eight ball and yep. you need someone else to draw a board white, this might just get them there. Sure. Um, I've also noticed that like, I have a couple other ones in here that like five, four for five is kind of a thing. So okay. I like that as evasion. Right. So again, with Saskia, that five damage in the air turns into 10. Sure. So it, that's not irrelevant. Um, the one thing that I, I think we're going to talk into a little bit later is this deck is so aggressive and so early to mid. If I get like, three triggers off blood gift demon that's probably good yeah so there's like a thoughts experiment around that is like there's other ways to draw cards faster sure in these colors 
But are they stable to a body? All that. I think this card, but I I just think this card's really versatile. It blocks well. It does all the things. But that I think you want to our to. earlier conversation when we talk about rate and is, you know is it mm -hmm. worth it? You have the text of Bloodgift Demon on its originator, Phyrexian Arena, yeah, right. in the deck. That costs three mana. Not the exact same ability, because sure. it's always you. You can't right, target it. Right. But like you said, it's always it's gonna, you. It's going to be you. Yeah. So basically, you're paying two extra mana to get a flying 5-4. That's which an is amazing pretty, Which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. And like I think this is... I have this in a lot of black decks just because it's... I think it's got a lot of range to it. So. Yeah, it's a, it's a $1.59. It's... Yeah. it's Way more budget than Phyrexian Arena at ten bucks. Right. So it's like, well, I still want that ability, but I'm not going to pay ten dollars. I'm not going to pay for it. So yeah. I'll, I'll pay buck fifty. And, and again, like in this one, if you get in two swings for it and Saski is out, I mean, that's twenty damage yeah. on a on a fiver. So what was what was your last green guy? <clears throat> so my last one is a amazing card, burgeoning. Oh yeah, love this, this card. So dumb. It's a single green enchantment. Whenever an opponent plays a land, you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. I'm I'm all in on this card right now because at Magic Fest Vegas, I saw this happen firsthand at the table I was at. Dude went first, played land burgeoning. One rotation around the table, by the time it was his turn again, he had played his entire hand. Really? Because <laughs> someone had done a fetch land, cracked it, did oh. another, and so he was able to put down two lands. Yeah. Oh, but this one, uh, this one is a little different because it's play land, not land under the battlefield. So it sounds then like they might have been Martin Cheats Magoo. Uh, so I, but regardless, yes. one road you do your land for turn. By the time it gets back to you, you could have four lands right. out. And then you do your land for turn, turn two, five lands. In your case, that turn two could be a turn two Saskia. Yep. And that's it. So this card's definitely um, high risk, high reward, right? Because if you get this early game, it's awesome. If you draw this late, late game, game it's like, it feels so dead. bad. This, you're like, this card <laughs> might as well, this might, the card might as well be like, yeah. Um, so the funniest story I have with Burgeoning is that a guy I played with in Fort Collins, he, he had one deck and this only happened one time. And he and this one guy had like a, you know how like people get in those feuds over cards? And um, especially if you're like in a league that you've been playing in for years mm -hmm. and like this one guy came in and all that stuff. So anyways, turn one Burgeoning, Land, 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 land. Turn two, Zern Orb, which is zero drop, sack a land, gain two life. Oh, man. Tapped all four, sacked them all, went to 50. Aetherfleck Reservoir yes! and headshot of the other guy and died immediately. <laughs> but he would die. turn two. But he would die before he would deal the damage because you have to pay 50 life, then it deals 50 damage. Oh, I thought it was at the same time because then no. they go in the stack and disappear. I think it's oh, a colon. Okay. Well, I think they just let it happen because it was amazing. That's so, hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I thought you, I thought you liked that. But yeah, again, like that's that's the only downside of burgeoning. There's a lot of arguments between burgeoning and exploration, and I think that it's kind of the same. I mean, thing. I think burgeoning is significantly better than exploration. Exploration, guys, is the one green. Yeah, you may play an extra land um, on your turns. Burgeoning is just significantly better. Well, especially to your point, where it's like if you get the if you get either of them late game. They're both dead drops. Yeah. But if you get burgeoning first hand and you have three mana in it, you're like, done. I don't care. Like, yeah. I don't need to see any other card as long as I can play this. <laughs> so, no, I don't have that many copies of it. So, it's it's really done a lot of work in this one. Cool. Well, what's your last uh, one? For my the last brain? one. So, it's one of my very few planeswalkers, OG Domri Raid. So, I know all the haters out there are going to say this is not a great planeswalker card. You can go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Colorless, uh, red and a green for a planeswalker Domri, legendary, if you will. Three loyalty counters, plus one, look at the top card of your library. If it's a creature card, you may reveal it and put it into your hand. Minus two, target creature you control fights another target creature. Minus seven, you get an emblem with creatures you control have double strike, trample, hexproof, and haste. Yeah, that's never happened. If you can get to the seven, it's that's incredible. I just for I am a sucker because I know that the best planeswalkers cost the least. Looking at you, Timolt the Fiend Blooded. 
my boy. Why um, did you have him in this deck? Oh, uh, it's not yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This is also sort of a hops because it does do removal. Obviously, you have a lot of big sure. creatures in here, so you can usually pick stuff up there. If you can get the minus seven, it's awesome. The plus one will occasionally draw you a card, but at least let you know, right? And since I do have some other card draw options in here, you can kind of shuffle it up or do whatever sure. you want or crack a fetch land and, and do it again. And then, the again, like the minus two is just like effectively another removal spell. Like you'll be able to ping off some smaller stuff, maybe a utility creature, maybe a commander, that sort of thing. It's nothing yeah. great. And it probably could have gone in spices, to be honest, like his younger brother. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm meh about it, which right. is weird because I'm a planeswalker whore at heart. <laughs> Domri Raid, like the minus two is nice because it is removal, pseudo situational. Yeah. Situational. The plus one to me is a bad fit for this deck just because you have a basically 25% chance right, of to actually hit something. It, yeah. it basically turns into one of those plus planeswalker abilities. It's like plus, ah, it's not going to do anything, guys. Right. The minus seven, obviously, it's, is it's just cool phenomenal. But have you ever gotten the minus seven or even no? Close? I think I, I think I played this. I think I played him once or twice, and there was one time. I, I don't know if I was just like in luck or hit it. I plus one in him. I hit it like three times in a row. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? Like that's so, super luck. Like, so that's the crazy part. That's the thing that's tough with this is like I just like this. I like this card a lot. This was actually a real big house for me in Tiny Leaders, okay. the format that everyone forgot, that time forgot. And but again, it's one of those things where I, like I'll pull it up and I'll, it'll come to hand. And I'm just like, oh, Dami again, like. Yeah. What do you got for me this time? And then I'm like, oh, three cards and four turns. Yeah. That's, so it's Pretty like, good. It's, but it's like, it's, it's just like that, right? It's like one of those sure. cards that's like always on the edge. And I'm like, but I love you. Like, <laughs> why don't you let me love you? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Well, that wraps it up for our grain bill, guys. Now we're going to go on to the hot profile. Big Tuck, kick it off. Okay. So this is a card that has, I have loved this one ever since it got printed. We're talking beta progress, baby. Oh, yeah. Bane. So, Bane of Progress is an elemental, which I didn't even think about. So, for, all you, for all you three-color uh, Omnath players out there, oh, it's yeah. really good. So, oh, that's probably why it's so expensive now. Uh, four colorless, two green for a two-till elemental. Ah, seems yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. When heirs of Battlefield destroy all artifacts and enchantments, put a 1-1 counter on Bane of Progress for each permanent destroyed this it's way. so good. The only thing that sucks is it is yours as well. But, like, th I think I have 10 of... Yeah. Like total in this deck, right? Because I don't need the ramp. It's a huge creature. It's a it's a one man board wipe. This usually like will destroy games. Like yeah. I've seen this come out, and then you play this in your Gruel deck, right? Mm -hmm. I think I've seen you hit this like what fifteen counters or something absurd yeah. like that. Well, because you got to think about it, guys. With Bane of Progress, it's a usually four person pod, right? There's gonna be an artifact player with a bunch of thop thops or, or just servos. people that have, or if people are playing like blue or black white that have no other way to ramp except for artifacts yep you're you're gonna get some hits and it's super sweet when it does because yeah when it's like hey i just paid six board wiped all the artifacts and enchantments and i have an 1818 right and again <laughs> and there's we'll get into this a little bit later but like especially if you can give this haste and just having that turn well now you're just getting your, your wishes are getting I know, ridiculous i know i know but i'm just saying it's awesome and you give it in you give it infect yeah right and, and then, yeah and then you have infect on it and double strike and, and then it runs away with your wife <laughs> why'd you leave me <laughs> i no, couldn't i couldn't great card. it destroys your wife's ring and then just steals her <laughs> borderline green staple i know we talk about that a lot i know <laughs> but yeah, am I, I wrong i would say you're you are wrong just because, like, I don't have it. I wouldn't put it in my elf ball deck. Oh, that's and, true. And L or a go wide deck. 
because you're going to need your doubling season. Yeah, true. Lives. That's true. Um, but so, most most green decks benefit from this if they're not like themed. Sure, I think right. But who doesn't like a good theme? I not definitely not me because I love a good theme. So, anyways, what was your what was your first guy? My first one is actually one of my favorite cards in Magic, Kazul Tyrant. Oh, that's my one too. Yeah, high five. Oh, we both got. Yeah, we got. That. I was trying to think. It's like table slams better, and there's no <laughs> slam on this thing. It sounds like a piece of cardboard hitting a car tire. So this is a three colorless red red legendary creature ogre warrior rare. Rare. It's a five. Should four. be mythic. Probably. I think it should mythic. be mythic. Oh, and then, like I said earlier, uh, it's another five four for five. There you go. It's weird, right? Yeah. yeah you're you're very much like the uh, the two two hate bears. Yeah, yeah. It's all five. <laughs> all oh, fives for five oh, fours. What if that was the theme of this deck? All five. <laughs> I, I, there actually was a command clash that Goldfish did where they did CMC Tribal. Should you do like five CMC tribal? That'd be real That'd funny. Be insane. That'd yeah. be real funny. Uh, I, I want to say that uh, it was either Tomer or Saffron Olive actually won doing CMC six tribal. What? Yeah. Weird. Dominated. Dominated. I'm going CMC one. <laughs> oh, possible. man. So, because anyway, guys, for the relevant text, and this is why I really like the card. Yeah. Whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, if you're the defending player, which is three, key, which is key. Create a 3-3 red ogre creature token unless that creature's controller pays three. The reason I like it is because I actually have... I I bought ogre tokens for Kazool because it's in my Neheb deck. Right, yeah. I cannot tell you how many times I've used those ogre tokens (laughs) because everyone always pays three. Wait, really? Yeah. I've, I've never used them. No kidding. Because people are like... Usually, I'm right. not getting hit with just one ten ten or something. Right. It's usually like stuff that's between two mm-hmm. and like four power, and it's a. I don't want to give you a bunch of three three, so I'm going to pay the three. Right. It's all. It almost acts like a more expensive propaganda or ghostly prison. I agree. Where people feel compelled to pay it, and I think this is that token also lingers. And that's what and I'm that's saying. Huge. I think this is even because you could run ghostly prison in here, and I don't think I do. I nah, think it I don't might think have you came do. in it or something. When it came in one of these precons, I don't remember. But like I, I think in this deck, this is just better. Oh yeah, because you like even if they track you in the even if they attack you in the air. If you're not dead, you're getting a 3-3 out of it. And that's, again, like another six damage the next turn coming back. Yep. And I think the biggest thing, because, again, as as a deck that is creature-focused but goes kind of like medium-wide and sure. up, tokens can do a lot of damage to this deck. Absolutely. Right? And with this card out, it's you can't they can't get in. Yeah, and the great thing about it is that you're going to get the token before mm-hmm. blockers are declared, so you can block with it. Right. So, you know, I think this card would be... Fair at its rarity and CMC. If it said, you know, uh, you know, after the attack step, you create a three three. Then I'd yes, be like, okay, right. that's still a fair card. But the way it is now, to where you get the three three that you can block with it, this should be a mythic. And the only reason I don't think it is is because it came in a commander set. And if they would have made it mythic, right. it would have had to be the card on the box. Oh yeah, probably. And this is like it's only been printed one other time. I think like World Wake or something. So. That's why. Um, the other and thing two dollars and eighty cents. And the best part cheap. is, it's defending player. So even if they attack a planeswalker of yours, you still get the token. Yep. Which is not again like in this in this deck, it doesn't matter. Sure. Also, I think what this I think this is would be really good in my Perforos deck because it generates tokens that enter the battlefield. Yeah. It's kind of clunky at the CMC. Yeah. But still, I don't, I don't think it's efficient enough for because in Perforos, but people attack you like crazy in that deck. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, maybe I'll just get another copy and try it. Yeah, and then, $2.86. Hey, and then if it doesn't work at this deck, I'll just pick it up out of it and put it into <laughs> one of my other 41. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think this card's sweet. Yep. Does everything that we want. This and one, it has a uh, flavor text, which oh. we, we don't have a lot of anymore on Magic Cards. I don't know if it's a uh, warning to those who scale the cliffs without paying tribute. It's a long way down. That's no. kind of lame. That's kind of lame. I think it's because, shout out, that I insert played friend with, name, yeah, shout ins, out. Insert generic Chicago friend name here. <laughs> um, he's like, I can't play this game anymore because I can't read all the fucking text on the cards. Because <laughs> it's like they're just so chock full with all these things, right? What's well, an adventure? Yeah. Well, so, what, what's your second one? So my second one is uh, it was Kazool. So we'll get into my. Oh yeah. We'll get my last one. Yeah. So I'm gonna talk about I think one of the best of most efficient removal pseudo removals in the game. Same. So I'm talking about the enchantment Grasp of Fate. That's a it's a good one. That's yeah. a great one. So colorless white white um, enchantment when it enters the battlefield for each opponent exile up to one target non land permanent that player controls until this leaves the battlefield. Oof, 1450. I know, right? And it's because it's only been printed once. This card is so efficient, and it's it's. I don't honestly remember why I chose this deck to put it in because enchantments in this deck don't matter. <laughs> but it's like it's so good. You can get. The best planeswalker on the battlefield. Yep. You can get a very tiresome enchantment, right? Like a lot of times, again, if you can't get through in combat, this deck can stall out a little bit. Why don't you have this in your Zer deck? Um, oh no, because it has nothing to do with cycling. So you have, you have other enchantments in there that have nothing to do with cycling. And remember, I made some of those recommendations where you copy enchantments. Just think if you made another copy of Grasp of Fate. Speaking of which, there's a better oh. one. That Mirror Mastery, what it's called, yeah. that came on. I have one on pre-order for Zer because it's so it's like a better copy enchantment in my opinion. So I love how this podcast is turning into we reminisce about other decks. Yeah, and how we're, cards, we're cards in here need to be pulled and put we're, into we're those. Talking about other ones. <laughs> yeah, and like I think that's so that is a fair point. Um, the only thing that I that only thing that I can't do in this, I don't think I have Enlightened Tutor in here. No. Um, so I have no real it's just a top deck, right? Sure. I have no real way to get it. But again, it's just so efficient. Three for one every time. Um, and again, like when it comes to things like planes, a lot of time people are like, oh, you just you'd be better with the board wipe. And you're like, sort of, but this is, I can choose exactly what I want. You yeah. get their best permanent, and then they have to team up with the three of them to blow a removal on him. And we've always talked about how enchantments are probably yes. one of the hardest permanents. Actually, yeah, they're they're the second hardest permanent right. to remove outside of lands. Yes. I was going to say Planeswalkers. But you can attack a Planeswalker. But you can attack a Planeswalker. You can't attack enchantment. Yep. But that was it for me. I just think I this I think this is one of the only copies of this card I own. And so whenever I see one of these, I'm like, oh yeah, I don't have anything. I don't have this in any other deck. I want to get it out here. So cool. that was my Grass of Fate. I don't remember why I bought it for this one specifically, but what did you have up next? All right. Well, uh, since you've gone through all of yours, apparently. I'm done. Uh, I have That's two it. left. Uh, my first one is one of my favorite Silencia enchantments. Hey-o. It is Sylvan Reclamation. Three colorless Silencia that is green-white. Instant. Exile up to two target artifacts and or enchantments <laughs> at instant speed for five mana. It's to me, that's actually a little expensive on the rate, but the versatility that you can go two artifacts or two enchantments or one yep. of each is very nice. And there are so many creatures that also share those types yep. that you could also target with. And the flexibility of that. It also has basic, basic land, land cycling, cycling yep. two colorless discard this card. Tutor your library for a basic land, reveal it, put it into your hand, shuffle your library. Man. I mean, it does everything that you yeah. want, and I just realized that this isn't as... So, since I made the mana base so much better, this card has gotten worse, because I think I only have <laughs> six or seven basic lands. Yeah, But I agree, and um, so for a second there, when you said enchantment, I was like, 
Wait, I have aura shards in here? Like, I don't even know how to copy of that. <laughs> I think this is another card that goes in every deck that can run it, right? Yep. It's one more than um, Return to Dust. But Return to Dust, to get both of them, it has to be your turn. Mm -hmm. Yep. And being able to cycle it, if you draw this and there's no targets, sure. you're just not, you're not sitting there with a dead one like you are with like a lot of removal. Question. Yes. Would you rather, if you had to choose between the two, Sylvan Reclamation or Austere Command? And if you're not familiar with Austere yeah. Command, guys, it's four colorless, white, white, sorcery, but there's four modes on it. You get to choose two. One of them is destroy all creatures, CMC three or less. I think it's CMC three or less. And then the, another mode is destroy all creatures, CMC four or greater. And then there's destroy all artifacts and then destroy all enchantments. It's CMC. Yeah. Nice. So yeah. if you had to choose between the two, what would you go? Uh, it's only one more mana. It is sorcery yeah, you speed. Get, and you get so much more flexibility out of it. Oh, man. I, don't I know. feel. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what, what my feels are telling me. My feels are saying that Big Tuck, obviously, Austere Command is more expensive. Not not by, I think it's what, 10 bucks? Oh, if if that now, oh, after okay. the reprinting, seven. S seven, okay. So, yeah. So, Which is a song compared to what it used to be. Yes. <laughs> so I would say that you would probably run that over this because a lot of your creatures are CMC See, 4 higher, and greater. Yeah. And so you could get rid of all the tiny blockers. And then if people had some of those annoying enchantments that ghostly prisons, propagandas, things like that, that you could then specifically choose enchantments. And like you said, you don't really right. run a ton of enchantments in here. Right. That or really artifacts. matter. That's what I was thinking. So, so like, yeah, this came stock in there when it used to have a gazillion basic lands. Sure, and now sure. that I don't have as many, I would, it would suck to draw this and not need it. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. Okay. Austere command is probably better. All right. Yeah. But it's, it's hard. I'm just poking holes. I That's like all it. I'm doing. I like it. Okay, so, but you're still, you I still, got, I still have, have one more. Floor. Hashtag uh, hole punch. <laughs> God, that sounds like a dirty movie. I know. It's like, we, we can't say clutch, we can't say clutch run, but we can say hole punch here. <laughs> or half, we can't say half chub, but hole punch. It's yeah. okay. It's okay. Ugh. It's half dragon flatlander. I know. SOB. I'm down. I'm saying. So my last one is actually a, a card I think fits really good in this deck. Dauntless Escort. Oh, yeah. It's a colorless it's a lifesaver, is what it is. Yes, <laughs> green white creature, rhino soldier, three three. It costs a dollar thirty three. Sacrifice them, instant speed, no tap, no nothing, just sacrifice them. Creatures you control gain indestructible till end of turn. This is great because you. How do you win in this deck? Attacking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you need to attack? Creatures. <laughs> okay. Uh, and if you don't have creatures to attack with, how do you win? Prayer. Prayer. There we go. He, he is journey. He is living on a prayer. Yeah, living on a prayer. Yeah, there we go. Halfway so, there. The whole uh, yeah, you, you, you have to have yeah. it. This only costs three mana, so it's not like this uber expensive right. thing. And it's a 3-3, three, three, so yep. you're on curve. And I almost look at it as a, almost like a Nev's disc, to where if it sits there, you don't, if you're the other opponent, it's, it's and a, so, one of your opponent has a Dauntless Escort, do not let him be the terrorist. It's a, this is a terrorist card. Exactly. Yep. So I think there's <laughs> also just, terms. You just have to cast your board wipe, force him to sacrifice yep. it, and then someone else to do something about it. Because what will eventually happen is he'll have Dauntless Escort out there, cast a Day of Judgment, right. sacrifice it, and you guys lose all yeah, your crap, and everything. he has all his, and he swings and it kills you. Yeah, I agree. So I think the technical term for these are like rattlesnake cards or some such bullshit like that. But I like the, I like like terrorists because that's what we always say. It's like yeah. don't get help. Like there's force. Somebody has to. Like our friend Davis is always like someone has to eat the last slice of pizza, right? Like yep. someone has to be that guy. And I can tell you that literally there was I was when I was playing at work one time. I had this out early, and there was like three times where people were like 
oh yeah, I'm going to board wipe. And I was like, are you sure? And they're like, <laughs> guys, what do you, and everyone's like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, all right, great. And then the turn goes around and I'm like, well, I'm going to play two more creatures and swing for 10. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Well, so. and then I like it even outside of a board wipe perspective to even, I swing in and they try to do some combat yeah, trickery right. things like, like ha ha, I'm going to do this to kill your thing. And it's like, I actually kind of want to keep that. I'll sacrifice right. it to save my stuff. And like to your point, since it's a three drop, a lot of times this is like my turn three and then there's four or five more turns after that and then people just kind of forget about it, right? They're like, what's that thing over there? And like, ah, it's whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a Sun Titan in the deck so you could sacrifice him then you get, get a Sun Titan out and you get him again. Get him again. Yep. So no. I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think it's great. Definitely fits your deck. Yeah. So, no, totally. well, I think I think that's going to seal up the hot profile. We usually alternate who starts, but I just did two in a row. So why don't you want me to start off? Okay. The one I want to talk about was one called Brutal Horde Chief. Okay. Okay. So three colorless and a black for a three, three, not a five, four, but what can you do? Whenever a creature you control attacks, defending player loses a life and you gain a life, which is good. And then okay. three colorless and uh hybrid red, white creatures, your opponents control block this turn is able and you can choose how those creatures block. Pause. Brutal uh, Horde Chief. What's its uh, rarity? Oh my god, it's a mythic? Yeah. Really? <laughs> did you notice what set it came out in? Uh, cons? Well, also, this was printed in Commander 16. The same as Kazool. Yeah, Kazool's a rare, what? and that's a mythic. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. And yeah. this was a mythic and limited, too. That's dumb. That makes no <laughs> sense. Like, I think this... So, that's insane. Yeah. Um, and this card's... Uh, 94 cents or 90 yeah 94 cents so it's even cheaper than that um, what would you rather draw a brutal horde chief or a kazool i guess depending on yeah, where you are in the but game. i think probably kazool's better yeah right it's like always better. I, i'd rather just cast that than this and wait a turn so but the thing i like about this is i don't have i have very little life gain in this deck and i okay. do have a fair amount of frixian sort of insert thing yeah where yeah. i'm paying life and losing life people are gonna attack you so i'm always suspicious it can always wizards. be cut. Well, I'm always, but I'm always like, okay, wizards, like, did you put this in here <laughs> just to screw me out of money, or did you put this in here for a reason? So I've always it came with a precon, right? Yeah. So I was like, I was, I've always wondered on that. And but I will say, the thing that I like about the second ability is that there's other effects that do the same thing. Sure. Um, but I like the fact that it's it's only limited by its mana cost. So okay. You can do it on other people's turns. You can do it on yours. If you're swinging in and you want to like have every single thing block this, you gain a bunch of life. You can knock people out. Saskia's ability triggers, you knock out another person. I think it's fairly flexible. Again, it's probably slightly overcosted because it's on a creature. Sure. Um, but again, this has been one where it's this is another one that I want to talk about because there's been times where I'm just like, I think this card's garbage and I'm gonna cut it, and then I forget to and I play the deck. And I'm like, no, this card just won me the game handily. Wow. It's weird, right? Like Yeah, that is weird. I don't know. Do you have do you have anything to say on it? Or no, I mean, you know, the, the second ability for five, just forcing them to block if able, yeah. and then you choose how they block. It's not as good as the Odric to where you get to right. choose, choose how everything how block, blocks. Yeah. If it was if it was that effect for the five mana, I'd be like, oh, okay, this is a fine card. I think it's really right. good. But it's not. It's just, well, I'm just going to make you block, and then I just get to decide where all the blocks go. Right. It's a little less good there. Um, I don't know how exactly I would take advantage of it, but I've also never been in your situation right. where it's like, oh, I'm going to cut it, and then you play it, and then it's like, it just won well, me the game. So actually what happened was I, I, I suffered a board wipe, and I had him out in a bunch of mana, and someone attacked another. I think what happens is like someone attacked someone else, and then they were going to have all these crazy blocks, and there's this whole thing, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> you're not gonna get any of that and then you're gonna die and then the next turn i recast saskia and attack that guy and killed him or so, something like crazy oh, like okay. some weird combo like that but yeah so anyways i just it, again this has been one that's significant in the deck for me just because i've thought and milled over it i think i cut it and put it back and cut it put sure. it back and all that stuff so 
Anyways, what was your first yeast card? So my three yeast cards are actually all what I would call tier two generals of the deck. Oh, sure. Um, not, not necessarily that they obviously are four colored, so they could be replaced because there are no four color I think options. We might be on board with a couple of these. Okay, so my first one, Samut. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Uh, yes, totally. No, nice. I think that's just, I think it's hysterical because like that's a great way to put it. Yeah, so, they, yeah. They, they are tier two generals, and the fact that they can't replace what Saskia does, but they really, really make your board flow right. real nice. So Samu, Voice of Descent, three colorless, uh, green, red, legendary creature, human warrior, three four. It has flash, cool, double strike, <laughs> yeah, vigilance, <laughs> haste. Okay. Other creatures you control have haste. Pretty awesome. Right. White, tap, untap another target creature. I don't know how relevant that is in this deck. I do have a combat celebrant, so there's some like sort of bullshit okay, change you can sure. do in there with like him and another creature that I think you might be talking about later. But, but with it's, how it's, many keywords you have in here, that can feed into another one. And so that's basically adding in three keywords for all your creatures potentially. But... The fact that she has double strike yep. and she's a three, four with vigilance and haste. She's a great blocker. She's a great attacker. She's going to be doing 12 damage, potentially using Saskia's ability, giving all your stuff haste when you don't have an anger in the deck. Very, very Why big. Why don't I have an anger in the deck? I, don't I, know. Got, I got no real way to bend it. But anyways, yes. But yeah, no. Uh, well, I mean, you don't, I don't think you need a way to bend anger. Yeah, you can just slam it into yeah. somebody, right? Someone no. eventually will yeah. kill it. <laughs> so, um, no, I think this, I think that's a great point. Like, I don't think Samet on herself is is good is a good commander. No. Right? Like she doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. But as a legendary creature in this deck, six damage is not trivial. Because nope. it turns into twelve. Right? Like I talked about earlier, haste is really important in this deck. Because you want to mm-hmm. come out swinging, you want to come out fast. So the more redundant haste abilities that I can get, the happier I am, right? And the fact that it's stapled on a creature that in and of herself does so much. I mean like the flash thing is only cool if for some reason, I'm untapping with five mana. Yeah. Right? Like, and then you're like, oh, suck it. You know? Well, but- it could be something that you keep that five mana open, say, for a Sylvan Reclamation. Oh, sure. It goes yeah. around the table. You know what? There's nothing really that I want to use for it. Flash and Flash. Yeah, totally. So- I'm going to go with another one that I'm guessing that you have on here as well. Okay. Let's say it's my mono white commander. Yes. And it's also a legendary creature. Yes. And his name's Odric Lunark Marshall. Marshall. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This, yes. 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 It's just, it's got nothing. It's got nothing to it. You can't even hear the cans rattling. It's got, <laughs> what's with this Kmart shit, Squee? This table's got <laughs> this no Kmart. bounce. <clears throat> Walmart, sir. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I'll let you read the chunk of text. <laughs> oh, thank you. Because I don't, I didn't bring my glasses. <laughs> so three colorless and a white for a three-three legendary creature, human shoulder. Not on curve. Not really relevant. No nope. creature types. But I don't know. Is it? What else does this do? Well, so before I read the text, you know what's funny is I first saw Odric. I immediately started writing my notes about it because I assumed it was the blocking one. So oh. I'm doing all this blocking stuff, and then I was like, wait, is it if he attack with three other creatures or four other creatures? Oh, then he and I went highlighted, and I'm like, oh, that's not him at all. <laughs> so what this Odric does, guys, is at the beginning of each combat, which is very important because it yes. happens on your opponents, creatures you control gain first strike until end of turn if a creature you control has first strike. Well, that seems kind of lackluster. <laughs> yeah. There's more. The same is true for flying, death touch, double strike, hakes, hexproof, indestructible, life leak, menace, reach, skulk, trample, vigilance. I like it. That's a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot, it's of, a lot stuff. of stuff. Um, you know, I'm wondering why don't you think wizards just didn't say the same is true for 
keywords or well because i think that they they didn't want to have infect on there i they, guess yeah they don't have infect they don't protection it's a whole nightmare to go through yeah right so i think that's why they were very specific on it but that does kind of suck because guess what i don't have in this deck anything that does skulk although there's a card that i should get that gives it to everything so there you go it would like but i think this gets some important ones right <clears throat> it, it hits a lot of things and like guys we just read samu uh, Samud has double yeah. strike. Does Odrick give double strike? Yes. <laughs> Samud has vigilance. Does he also help give vigilance? Yes. Samud has haste. Does he also help give haste? Yes. Oh man, <laughs> check those boxes. Checking yeah. them. So I think so. I this is my mono white commander, which we didn't talk about because it's just not that <laughs> exciting. But like with this, with him on board, if you can have flying indestru- and indestructible and double strike. It's like unstoppable, yeah. especially because with Saskia's ability of like, someone's not going to be able to do anything about that. And you're going to do like 40 points of damage in a turn. Yep. And the best part is since he's legendary, you can tutor him with, uh, Folly his Lancers. Yep, exactly. And get him out. So I, you know, it does, I don't have that many tutors in here, which is if I was going to do this deck better, would probably like most decks, like sure. a little more creature tutors. Maybe a primal command here and yep. there, like that sort of a stuff. A demonic, diabolic. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we're talking big tuck budget here. Come on. Diabolic's big uh, tuck budget. Oh, yeah, and I have like nine of those. Yeah, Do I not have that in here? Nope. Oh, gosh. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I have 41 <laughs> decks, dude. I've had this deck for like five years. So, no, I. but like that's the thing is like I wouldn't say this is a staple. But sure. I think that for decks that care about combat and these colors... This usually it's helps. A big, it's a big guy. And, yeah, and, and kind of like guys, how I said earlier, I consider the ones I picked, which obviously we aligned yeah. on this one, tier two general, he does not replace Saskia, right. but he makes Saskia way better. I, I'm You're done. done again. So, so my last tier two general. I think I know what it is. Iros got a victory. Oh, hey. Uh, yeah. I thought you were going to say Aurelia. But nope, nope. So what's, uh, funny, so what's funny is the last two we've talked about, have been my generals and are at some point. Iros is in my rigmarole, but anyways, go ahead. Iros is in my rigmarole. And well, if, you, I, if you guys don't know what a rigmarole is, neither do we. No, just, never no one never got a definition it's, from you. So read him and then I'll, I'll okay. give my bit about it. Yeah. So it's two colorless Boros. That's red, white, legendary enchantment creature god. So it's from the Theros block. Right indestructible seven four devotion to red and whites less than seven it's just a enchantment the it's still really good (laughs) it's still really good here's the important things and the great thing is i i love that his uh, i love how all the theros gods all their stuff's important even if they're not creatures right they could just be if this was just Just a a legendary enchantment for four and it did these next two things i would play it oh absolutely no but to okay but back to your point yeah it's just like 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 i said i think (laughs) And these things have combat having redundant effects. So you're Correct. not like, just like if I don't get Odric right now, I'm dead. You have yes. other options to do things. Yeah. So the menace. Great. Yep. That's why I said it's tier two with Saskia. Now you're gonna have to block with two things on each of totally. my big baddies. Then the next one is prevent all damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures. You control not just combat damage. Damage. damage so if someone tries to be cute and bolt something bringing out that lightning bolt. <laughs> yeah. Lightning bolts again. Or doing it like a blasphemous act at mm-hmm. instant speed, any of that kind of stuff. Um, it's just doesn't matter. And so your stuff lives. They have to block with two things each time, and Saskia's stuff's still gonna happen. It's such yeah, a good it does part. a lot, and it's it's creeping up there because this. I think these gods people start figuring it out because this has been one of the only few that have actually been reprinted. Oh, okay, and it's still eight dollars. So, um, well, yeah. I think the price is probably creeping up now with Theros yeah, coming on, back on the horizon. A lot of people are like, ooh, nostalgia, gonna go buy them up. The fact that it turns into a 7 4, which again, with 
Saskia 14. is so much damage. Yeah. Like, that's just nice. Yeah. But, but I agree. If this was four color, if this was the same cost and was just an enchantment, I would still put it in here for sure. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. And I bet you, you probably haven't seen him as a creature much in this deck since it is four colors. Yeah. And you gotta have that seven or, I guess, five other because he counts for two right. for himself. Yeah, not really. I mean, Saskia gets two of that and then sure. like, there's other ones. But no, I mean, it does. Usually, when he comes out, I'm not even worried about him attacking, right? Because yeah. it's like I got all this other shit that's gonna get in the red zone. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up the yeast package. Now we're on to spices, guys. Which there was a lot of. There's a lot. This it was our, hard to pick just one. I know, and like that, I kind of felt bad about that because there was ones in here that I wanted to talk about. So I was like, should I move these somewhere else? But I was no, like, ah, it's like stay true. Yeah. So my first yeah, one, go ahead. I'm gonna say it's almost expropriate good. So the card I want to talk about, guys, is Silvala's Stampede. Yes. Four colorless green green sorcery. Council's Dilemma. Starting with you, each player votes for a while they're free. And no, if you get uh, free votes, that doesn't mean you lose a piece of clothing or while <laughs> mean you have to run around the house naked. It means that you have to reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card for each wild vote. Put those creatures onto the battlefield. Shuffle the rest into your library. You may put a permanent card from your hand onto the battlefield for each free vote. So uh, it's, it's kind of like expropriate. Your opponents don't win no matter yeah, there's what. There's no good choice. There's no yeah. good choice. So it's, <clears throat> do you want me to just start flipping off the top and you don't know what I could get? Or do you want to gamble, assume I have nothing right. in hand? Now, the only way this card could backfire, if it's late, late game, you don't have a lot of card draw, and it's like right. you got one card in hand, and all your opponents are going to be like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just pick free. Yeah. So, but you still, if it, if you, the wild triggers first. So okay. you still get to go dig. So even if you choose one, if you had permanents in your hand, you'd still be able to get both of them out, but you could just get like boned on that, right? Sure. So um, this for me is what I would call the budget corner tooth and nail. Okay. Because if someone chooses two, you're getting your two creatures, right? So, and it costs way less in money because <laughs> it's three bucks and yep. in price because it's six. So again, like this is usually a four for one any way you cut it. Yep. Well, did you swap do you, that? Do you out? like the, Do you like this card? Yeah, no, I like yeah. it. I don't have it in a single deck, but I like right. it. Yeah, and I, like I said, I I played a lot. Like when I was getting back into Magic, Conspiracy Two came out. Sure. So I think I bought two boxes and also played it all the time because yeah. I was like, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go gamble and try to get uh, Show and Tell and then just sell it or <laughs> Berserk, which I opened and sold it, which is a mistake. I wish I still had it. Yep. What are you gonna do? Well, so, so what do you swap out at the last minute? Okay. So uh, the one I want to talk to in here is one. That I spite put in here because I opened it instead of taking the box of War of the Spark. Me and Tice took the five ultimate master packs or whatever, like a bunch of idiots, and we landed with Garna the Blood Flame. <laughs> so that kind of sucked, but it's okay. So she's three colorless and Rakdos for a human warrior. Um, that's Gerard Weatherlight Captain would be so much better than her. Probably, but no, not probably. No, they all just go straight to the battlefield and post your hand. But listen. She does have something that's relevant, which is also my other spice card, which is a sleeper, which will take two seconds to describe. 3-3 three, three, Flash. When she enters the battlefield, not leaves the battlefield, return to your hand all creature cards in your graveyard that were put there from anywhere this turn. Which is good. It's situational. But what's more important is that other creatures... No, what's more important is that her axe matches Saskia's axe, so they're axe yeah, buddies. Yeah, so they're axe, they're axe sisters. Look at that. But no, she gives other creatures haste. Yeah. Right? So, like, I... This is a card that I think has a lot of it has a lot of upside in this deck, right? Sure. And again, a three-three with the body, that's fine with five. Um, 
but I just I don't know. I like it, and I think I saw this one. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, like it. I don't, I don't have to answer to you people out there. Um, <laughs> the uh, I had and I have seen one deck of this that plays this insane loop of like casting her and playing it again and sacrificing everything and putting her to the graveyard. It was nuts, and that was on Mutz's channel. The other mention I want to put out there is I thought I lost this card, and then Tice, that's two for one for you, pal. He brought it to me because I left it in Chicago. We're talking mass hysteria. Let's talk redundant effects, Mr. Combo. One red. <laughs> but you give it to everyone. All creatures have haste. But everyone I don't, don't give a shit. I'm going to kill them all before they can do anything about it. This is a red concordant crossroads for $3.60 instead of 20 So I think there's, I don't know. I just like this card so much. Like you get it down early, you get it down late. It doesn't matter. Like you could do like the fires of Yavimaya route, right? Or you just go anger. Or you could just go anger, but like and then this only one, you get it. But this one only costs one. So usually when I get this out, I don't just play it turn one and be like, hey guys, let's have fun. I'm like, <laughs> I like build my board and then I'm like, oh, and also everything has haste. I've run into problems with this deck where you do this awesome thing, right? And you're ready to swing and, and you're like, oh, next turn, you guys are screwed. Sure. And then someone just board wipes and you're like, oh. So the ability to have redundant built in effects with haste are really important to me. Okay. Fair but enough. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps up the spice package, you guys. Yeah. We're going to go over to the bottle capping, which to remind you, these are going to be big tuxenized recommendations to the deck that we're going to cut something and then recommend something that is under $5, under $50, and a personal recommendation. I would say we don't do lands, but hey, me and Forrest Day 2 Wong don't abide by you the You are rules. also guilty of this. We are renegades. Yeah. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Big Tuck, what's your under $5 recommendation and cut? I think I'm going to cut Siege Rhino. I'm cutting that as yeah. well. So I have a story around that for um, a card that I've never actually played with, but really want to. Okay. Um, we It's a legendary dinosaur, Tetsamok Primal Death. Great uh, card. Red, red. That's what I thought. So um, I'm sorry, four colorless, black, black, yep. six, six, death touch. Yep. Great. Great and ability. it has Predator. Prey. Prey. He is a predator. So then black, reveal Tetsamok Primal Death from your hand, put a prey counter on target creature, activate this ability only during your turn, whatever. Yep. Um, when it enters the battlefield, destroy each creature your opponent's control with a prey counter on it. This can be fetched by Talia's Lancers. This is like a buck 60. It's a 6-6 six, set six touch for six, which is on theme. If, I think this deck really plays nicely into... And if you get it down, like I said, sometimes when you're in the early game, you're just kind of waiting for sure. turn four or five. Now, if you have your blackout, I just have a sync being like, all right, I'm going to get that one. So I actually one. have him in a deck. I think it's my Carador deck. And there was one time in a game, actually, every time I've ever had him in my hand, I am the terrorist. Because all right. I do is reveal him and play back mana and put prey counters on everything. And I'm like, hey, don't come at me. Or if right. you do, I'm just going to play him and yeah. blow, over, blow up everything. And nice. the cool thing is that if someone makes you discard him for some reason... He goes to your graveyard. The prey counters stay. stay. So if you're able to get him out of the graveyard, which you do have ways of like Ravo Soul Tender right, yeah, in yeah. this deck, then those prey counters, and then it's like, oh, well, you really made me mad because you made me discard him. Now everything yeah, dies. Now you're gonna die again. Do you think I have enough uh, graveyard interaction in this deck? I mean, the only other... I mean, there's the only I have, like, ones... like Wildest Dreams, which is fine. Yeah. And, but I, the only ones that I would potentially recommend would be like Amiria Angel. You, sure. could, you could probably swap yeah. Wildest Dreams for that because I would assume Wildest Dreams you're not just going to do for three total to getting one card back. Right. You're probably going to pump at least seven into Correct. it to yeah, get three that's cards. that's like what I'm trying to well, get to. Well, she costs seven to play and you get stuff out of your graveyard whether it's a Plains or not. You right. just get the bonus, bonus if it's a Plains straight to the battlefield. But she would be a good one and she's a beat face. 
So yeah, that kind of sure. feeds into that. Um, and even for my recommendations, I thought about recommending sort of Light and Shadow, mm-hmm. which is basically what Ravo Soltender right, yeah. does. But then I said, no, he'll never buy that card. So didn't want to recommend it. So what was your first cut? So my first cut, um, I'm actually going to just swap the cuts, not cards I'm recommending, because okay. I did have my cut Siege Rhino, but that was for my under $50 one. Okay. So uh, I would recommend to cut Siege Rhino for your new favorite Naya commander, Marisi Breaker of the Coil. Oh, is that the is that the goad one? The goad one. <laughs> Love it. So if you guys aren't familiar with Marisi, it's a cat warrior, legendary creature, 5-4 for one colorless Naya, which is red, green, white. Your opponents Ooh. can't cast spells during combat. Great for you. And then whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, goad each creature that player controls. And it's only like a dollar fifty. Uh, I thought it was gonna be way more, and I'm dead serious. I am on TCG player right now buying to put, it to put it into my cart. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. I have one. What? There you go. Slam dunk. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So yeah, once again, big tech. What does this deck want to do? Uh, I believe it wants to do lots of combat and not have anything die during combat. Okay, okay. <laughs> and so how do people usually kill things during combat other than just blocking? Well, uh, I'd say they cast spells during combat sure, usually. Sure. Yeah. I, I think that's usually how it works. And Marisi completely prevents that. It makes it to where you could swing out and you won't get any crack back. Right. And the cool thing is that, you know, it'll hit, like, they may have no choice but to hit the opponent that you had targeted oh, with Sasuke's yeah, 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 ability. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a need that. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's I'd, a great, that's a great Slam yeah, dunk. That's so and good. You want to get rid of Siege Rhino? They have the exact same CMC. Yeah. Oh, great point. Yeah. And so. again, like, three colors doesn't matter. Yep. No, that's awesome. Anyway, so my next cut, uh, this one was actually my pre-5 because it's 560 or something oh, okay. on this line. So I'm like cut Inferno Titan. Okay. Have we talked about that before? I just don't think that card does that much. It's fine, but it doesn't have any evasion. Yeah. So Inferno- I, I would only like it if you could abuse it somehow. Right, but like with like Enter the Battlefield or attacks. Yeah. But Inferno Titan's four colorless, red, red for a 6-6 six, six giant. When it enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage divided as you choose among one, two, or three target creatures and their players, and has fire breathing. Yep. It's just like, has there ever been a time where I drew Inferno Titan and was like, oh, thank God, like, <laughs> I, I can finally win now. Like, I've been waiting for you the entire every time the I The only thing I'll give Inferno Titan is the one red. It gets plus one, plus O oh, till end yeah. of turn. Maybe if someone's a rookie magic player and you, and you swing can, like, at swing them, through, and yeah. they're like, oh, no blocks, and you're like, all right, I pump. Five yeah. red into it and, and then make it eleven, die. and yeah. then that person dies. That's the only way it's gonna work. It's just a sloppy card, right? Yeah. Like especially when you look at the other and uh, other, other titans. titans. Like even Frost Titans better than this one. Yeah. But anyway, so it's whatever. What are you gonna add? So I'm gonna add a card that I bought recently for the first time and really like. So again, we talked about redundant effects, and I wasn't making this shit up. Uh, <laughs> we're going with Urbrass the Hidden. Oh, so yeah. three colorless, uh, red, red creatures you control have haste, and then creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Slam dunk. Again, it's just like it's so good, right? And yeah. it's and it's a four four. So and the great thing is that when we're doing these cuts, which I don't, I don't think we're doing it on purpose, it's just happening. Your curve isn't; it's either not changing or, or it's going down. going down. Yeah, and you're getting a better effect. So, right. and how much is it? Five dollars and sixties. Yeah, yeah. So I think I just should we say mono red staple. Almost. I think so. it's really close. I mean, like, especially in this deck, the argument could be made that this is two redundant effects because I think I have active authority in here or like the other one where the or maybe I cut it. Never, oh, no. So I have like blind obedience, which taps creatures and yeah. I have a bunch of stuff that gives haste. But it's just like I want all that. Right. Because sure. I'm trying to win the game quick. I don't want to have to wait a turn to go five for four, four haster is again, just not yeah. it's not, you know, back breaking, but it's definitely on curve. It's on point. All that good stuff. 
Okay. So what was your what was your cut under 50? Okay. So this one will be my under $5 cut. Okay. Uh, I'm actually going to recommend to cut Orexian Hydra. Get rid of it. It's three colorless green green yep. creature Hydra. Uh, it has infect and it's a 7-7. Seven, seven. And it also has some text that says if damage would be dealt to Phyrexian Hydra, prevent that damage and put a neg one, neg one counter on it for each one damage prevented that way. The only reason I'm recommending to get rid of it is A, doesn't do anything with Odrix. So you're not giving sure, all your creatures yeah. infect. It's got no B, natural baked in evasion. You only have one other way to do infect in the deck, right. Triumph for the Hordes. So, so I'm surprised you didn't just pick for fun just to talk yeah. about that again. Yeah, <laughs> no. You know, if you if this was more of the infect Saskia build, right, we yeah. wouldn't be talking about it. But found a better card for you. Unfortunately, it has gone up in price since M19. It used to only be 10 bucks. We're talking Wound Reflection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so sure. Wound Reflection, five colorless black enchantment. At the end of each turn, each opponent loses life equal to the life right. he or she lost this turn. Very important because this is once again going to penalize your opponents with Marisi and you goading. Now, people are going to be losing double life at each of the end right. of turns. But the biggest thing is I think potentially you could one-shot whoever you choose for Saskia. Right. Because they're going to take the damage while you hit someone else. Or maybe you were just a dick and hit them, so they took double damage. (laughs) And then they're going to take the double damage again, and then they're just going to lose the game. No, I I agree. And I just... 20 bucks. I just remembered where Phyrexian Hydra came from. It was another leftover one from from, from the Savala package that came in. I was like, well, I got no other deck to put this in. (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't want to pick just a damage doubler right. because a lot of that stuff is usually symmetrical across everything. Sure. And I think Wound Reflection is really nice because it just talks about loss of life. life. So, hey, you tapped that Ancient Tomb. Well, now you're going to get penalized no, you're gonna for take it. A little bit more so. for it. I like it. And, the la- and it's actually funny that you mentioned that because my last card also does something very similar. And I was very jealous when you opened one of these. But I actually thought that I w- my plan was I'm actually going to cut Phyrexian Arena. Really? I know, it's crazy. But hear me out. I'm going to cut it for Archfiend of Despair. Oh, yeah. So, Phyrexian Arena is colorless and a black. At the beginning of your, your upkeep, you draw a card and lose a life. Yep. Pretty vanilla there. Archfiend of Despair is extremely expensive. <laughs> it's six colorless and black black, but it's a flying 6-6, six, six, yep. which is exactly what I'm looking for. Your opponents can't gain life, yep. which is also what I'm looking for. And then at the beginning of each end step, each opponent loses life equal to life lost that player this turn. It's just another thing where it's yeah. like you're, this is just. But don't a you feel like machine. you're going to be losing your card draw? See, and that's the thing that that's the thing that I kind of toy with in this. And Mike, if you listen to this, which does he? Does anyone know? I don't know. Okay, so he he always said he hated Frexian Arena because it was slow. Sure. Right? It's similar. Like we're I don't care that it, demon. I don't mind paying the life to draw a card. I'm. I don't. I think it's a great card. It's just you're eliminating card draw, for, right? And you're not replacing. But the I card think draw. so. I didn't want to put it in here because there's already a card in here called Ambition's Cost, um, which is three colorless and a black. You draw three cards, you lose three life. Right? It's like thirty two cents. There's another card that's like effectively a functional reprint of that. It's actually it is a functional reprint of it. It does exactly that same thing. It's just called something different, right? And in this deck, because it's so fast, I would rather have those abilities in here than Phyrexian Arena. I didn't want to say, hey, I have a 30-cent card I want to talk about here because sure. I already have one in the deck. But I'd figure out another way. i figure out another card that I don't like or that's a pet card or something. Cut that, put in the other four-mana draw, and then put in this damage doubler, too. I got a better recommendation for you. Now, it's not going to make your opponents lose life, but it does some cool stuff. How about Villas, Broker of Blood? It's the same mana, five triple black, so it's eight. It's an 8-8 eight, eight flyer. 
Oh, the pay new one, black, yeah. Pay two life. Target creature gets neg one, neg one till end of turn. But then whenever you lose life, you draw that many Ooh. cards. Okay, I can And that's it. a symmetrical thing. So as people right. try to come back and hit you, now you're drawing more cards. So if you're willing to go to eight mana from the, yeah, the three, three that you have, the one, at least this is going to give you a bigger yeah. fatty in the air, which you like the six which six, do how like. about an eight eight, and one black, pay two life, draw two cards, and then you're neg oneing things. I think that's better. And three bucks. Luckily, luckily enough, there's other things in the stack that are also that we didn't talk about that are also pet cards, which would also be fine to cut too. There so, you go. I think yeah, like I like that one a lot. So you have one more, right? I do have one more. Right. So I'm going to recommend that we cut Ambition's Cost. So Ambition's Cost, three colorless black, source three, you draw three cards, lose three life. The only reason I don't like it is I'm not a big fan of the single-use sorcery. Right, draw cards. Draw cards. I'm not a big fan of it, um, unless your deck is just filled with tons of it, like probably a Nekuzar or something yeah, like sure, that. Sure. But I think this would be fun. And I'm curious if you've ever heard of this card. Three colorless, red, red, instant. It has entwine, oh, savage wait, beating. Yeah, the double you get it's creatures you control get plus two plus two and double strike, and then the entwine cost you get an extra combat. Phase. Uh, everything but the plus two plus. Two. Oh, yeah. So you can only play this during your turn during, and, during and, combat, and yeah. only during your combat. Choose one creatures you control gain double strike till end of turn, or untap all creatures you control. And after this phase, there is an additional combat phase entwine for white and a red. I love entwine cards. Yes. Seven mana, double strike. You're probably going to kill whoever you yeah, have targeted with Saskia. And the other person, yeah. And usually. then you're getting another, another combat one. phase on top of it. It's pretty good. I think the card I would actually cut for this would be Gratuitous Violence. Okay. Because I'd rather have Double Strike effectively does this. And Gratuitous Violence isn't going to stick around that long. And it's just another enchantment. I have no way to fetch it, right? That sort of thing. This is one of those cards in this deck that I agree. I think this is like a game winner. Yeah. If I resolve this entwined... Because I'm not even going to get to this till turn seven or eight, right? Sure. I have four creatures out. They all have some semblance of evasion, right? Someone's not going to be able to block them. Yeah. And that means that, like, you can just chip away from one and then go back and get the other one. So, yeah, no, I think this card's sweet. Well, and the thing I'm curious about is it doesn't say when you have to cast it during combat. It just says only during combat. Yeah. So, so could you swing and they're, like, doing their math and they're like, okay, I won't block. And it's like, okay, and then before I, damage... Cast right, this. yeah, because you're have still the in combat. Because I think you stay in combat because it goes attackers, blockers, damage, right? Yeah. Like, that's a combat step. So It's attackers, blockers, and then the damage has two phases. Right. First strike and, and then normal, normal like, damage. Couldn't you say, like, before... Well, because I remember with damage, like, it gets tricky with, like, before damage. You can do something. Well, you can because, do that with, like, reconnaissance. Because the priority out, gets yeah. passed once they decide that they don't want to block. Then the priority oh, goes yeah, around right. the horn. So then, okay, you decide not to block before in we response, move... Boom, do this. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it could be a tricky way to where they're yeah, doing like it. They're that. like, you know what? I'm going to take 12. That's going to suck. But that's I can all live, right. I can live and hit I this board wipe. I can live and hit this, this board, board wipe. wipe. Well, by the way, you're going to hit yeah. for 24. Another <laughs> combat. Hey, and I'm bringing another 24 your way. Dig so. it. Yeah, no, I like it. I agree. I like the card a lot. I'm not sure if I agree with, with the, the cut. cut. That's fair. Just because there's been times where it's like, I know I have answers in this deck, and I don't have time to wait to go and in my defense, I didn't want to cut gratuitous violence, yeah. mainly because that is the way that the deck wins and Correct. functions. Yeah. The uh, the other card, it's just kind of a it's, it's just another a draw card. Stuff. Yeah, sure. So yeah, and it's tough, and it's tough, right? And like we talked about having plans for like early, middle, and range. Yep, cutting Frexian Arena for this other one. That's like a that's like another sign of being like, I don't want this game to go along, right? Because yeah. you can make the same argument of like, oh, I can just throw in Necropotence. 
But yeah, no, I like. I think Savage Speeding's awesome. It's also surprising that it's eight dollars because I don't know what this plays, what this is played in besides Commander. It's just slowly crept up yeah. over the years. And Dark Steel, I don't think a lot of people. I don't know. Like these, I think it's one of those. Like it's one of those sets where a lot of people played it and they just hold on to their stuff. So, no, I like it. I think it's a great recommendation, man. Cool. Well, I think that's gonna wrap up the bottle yeah. capping, guys. Uh, thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, here's some details about November's giveaway. We actually were able to get our hands on an extra oh, yeah. brawl deck, the Sir Gwyn, the knight kind of matters, equipped for zero. I think it's the equipped for zero, right? Uh, equipped. Uh, or she, the equipped for zero one in or there. Knights. Or knights. Correct. Yeah, our equipped cost zero. Yes, yeah. correct. Um, so we actually got one of those extra brawl decks, but this isn't a brawl podcast. This is an EDH podcast. We play so, real magic. We play real magic. <laughs> so we're going to turn that 60-card deck into a 100-card deck and make it EDH playable. So, you know, you can kind of get a Arcane Signet, which I know that's what everyone's going to yeah. want out of that. Still $11 and a Shockland and whatever else we decide right, to jam in there. in there, which is Yeah, good. It's, it's very cool. So to kind of enter into the contest, it's very, very simple. Send us some fingernail clippings. Yes. Ew. Toast great gr- as well. Yeah. Uh, just Toasted. kidding. Uh, all you need, actually, just send us all of your old stale candy corn. This will come Gross. out the day after Halloween. I don't even know we, candy we know corn gets stale. It's stale as soon as it is 1201 November 1st. It, it just turns. No, but then it's like they just keep it until like the week before Halloween. And then, and then it, then it comes, comes back to being fresh. It's such gross, man. It's like baby carrots, but like candy. Uh, but all you got to do is really help promote the podcast and site. You know, we don't want to do a Patreon yet. We're not really big enough yet. We think our content is mediocre at best on yes. most days. Uh, but, you know, this is a great way to kind of get us out there and, 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 you know, make us a little bit more popular. So you get an entry for every single thing that you do. For example, like liking, sharing, reposting, tweeting the episodes on Twitter, Facebook, uh, liking us on Reddit. Uh, fo- you know, heck, I'll even give it to you if you follow our uh, tapped out pages, which mine is just my my name, <laughs> Mr. Combo number five, all spelled out except for the five. Oh, um, here's a way you can actually find me if you want. It's whoa. Let's save that till the, the end. Let's save that till the end. That that's a that's a gem. That's what they call a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, you just do all those things. And of course, subscribe to the podcast and listen we will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News on December 2nd and social media soon after. And yes, I know what you're thinking. We're going to be doing these giveaways every single month. And it could be a sweet little take a pre-con, make it into a little bit better deck that Big Tuck and I will work on. We could just put together your own personal jank tribal. What we're going to do for December is we're going to put up a Twitter poll today on our main account at CMD Tower that will run through December 2nd and get your votes in on whether or not you want us to build you just a random deck. Or we could build you a deck off of the custom cards that Big sure. Tech and I have designed for ourselves. Uh, basically, guys, what you kind of send us, you know, these will be legal outside of our decks or our uh, commanders. But they, the cool thing is that the decks will be worth a minimum of 250 bucks at the time that they're built. So they are going to be straight trash. It'll be something fairly competitive that most likely will strip for parts for yeah. your, your own decks. Uh, but hey, you know, leave us feedback on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. We actually got some really cool feedback on Reddit, you know, where people are like, hey, you don't suck. We would actually yeah. do Patreon. <laughs> We're still not going to do it, yeah, but we appreciate the it. thought. <laughs> but, you know, if we actually do suck, please let us know because I've had a few of those as well. I love sending gifts just to anger the uh, yeah. Twitter universe. Um, but, you know, if you enjoyed it, leave that positive feedback. Uh, and then also share it with your friends. You know, as many uh, listeners as we can get, the more uh, positive uh, we're going to start putting out more and more content. So uh, if you'd like to reach out to us and also know more ways that you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. 
You can reach me at Mr. Combo number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for the five. Big Tuck, where can they reach you? I'm excited. So I actually lied. Uh, my username <laughs> for Tapped Out is not going to nope. work. Yeah, nope. not going to work here. But Naga, Naga. Like I said, if any of you redheaded ladies out there retweet <laughs> hashtag Big Tuck on Twitter, I will re- I will sign up for an account that day. Don't worry, Big Tuck. I'll just let them know right now. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> but until until that day happens, okay. well, I don't know where to go from there, but I guess I'll just keep trudging on. Hashtag Big Tuck on Twitter. Uh, you can also reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can go to our website, cmdtower.com. You can email us, cmdtower at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at CMD Tower. Basically type in CMD Tower to anything. We actually probably won't show up. We'll only show up in those like five <laughs> things. Uh, but, you know, if you want to engage our fantastic production team for your own future projects, how would they do that? Squee McGee. Oh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram at Rich Chaos Records or richchaosrecords.com, or you can get at me on Twitter at Dear Squee. Cool. And the part of the thing that Squee's going to be working on outside of, you know, obviously putting all these podcasts together is he's going to start doing articles. One of them is going to be called Dear Squee. It's a very much Dear Abby style. Do a hashtag dear squee also make sure you add him on twitter and just ask a magic related question and we will put together squee how often you know once you start kind of getting a bunch of questions to answer how often are you going to put out the dear squee article uh, i'll be uh, planning to put these out weekly so if okay, you cool. ask me questions Sweet. i'll be putting them up yeah, yeah so it doesn't even have to be magic related if you're having issues <laughs> if you just want to chat there Whatever you go. The if you just need be, someone to talk to, give you to. an answer. Yeah, I, I don't guarantee it's going to be serious. So yeah, we'll, we'll do something. You know, maybe it comes out every Wednesday evening. Dear Squee, he might have three to five questions in there that he's answered. It'll be on the website cmdtower.com. He's also going to be putting together a article series called "To Winter Orb or Not to Winter Orb," where Squee will actually take a stacks card effect, something like that, and basically say, "Hey, here's how it affects the table. Here's how it affects the people at the table." And here's how it affects you once you actually leave the table. So it should be a lot of fun. Uh, but on the production side, he does music, podcasts, has a full studio. So if you are local in the Kansas City metro area, but also if you'd like him just to edit your audio, you can send that over the interwebs, the series of tubes. Um, and of course, thank you again to Pink Royal for the music provided in this episode. Big Tuck, anything before we leave? No, man, another good episode in the books is what I got to say. Yeah, well, all no. I got to say is, I gotta use the shitter. Mr. Combo out. See ya.